from the Sports and Recreation Center on the campus of the College of Staten Island. It's time for the Dolphin Pod, the official College of Staten Island Athletics podcast. With your hosts, David Pizzuto. Smith with a wide open Palinkovic to her left. Palinkovic one-on-one against Mike Camp and it's in. Versada Palinkovic from Narmina Brachic all sprung off the little tap in the backfield by Laval. A great one, two, three punch for the Dolphins, and they're up one nothing. And Joseph Foreman. And the 2-2 is hit out to left center. And if that one gets to the wall, this game could be over. Cutting it off is Windsor. It gets away from him. Here comes Miola. The relay throw to the plate. Not in time. And the Dolphins win it in the bottom half of the ninth inning. A walk-off RBI double off the bat of John Pomerico. And the Dolphins win it 2-1. to one. In-depth stories, reviews, and previews, interviews, and so much more. It's all right here. And now, for the Dolphin Pod, here are your hosts, Dave and Joe. And welcome to the Dolphin Pod, a very special episode here. Uh, We are broadcasting on Saturday, March 14th, 2020. It is our 19th episode, and kind of an ironic number 19, as today's show will concentrate mainly on the COVID-19 virus that has hit uh, the tri-state area and, of course, the nation uh, as a whole and its effect on CSI athletics. By now, uh, many of you at home have heard of uh, what's been going on around the country and, of course, much closer to home on Staten Island at the College of Staten Island. This is David Pizzuto being joined by Joe Foreman here on the Dolphin Pod. And uh, last week, Joe, if, if people listen to the show, they heard us talking about the close of the winter season, and we promised a women's softball player to preview the spring. Instead, we're going to get Charles Gomes, athletic director, to talk a little bit about uh, what's happened to the spring sports. Of course, the cancellation of the season um, and everything else uh, that goes with it. Obviously, it's opened up Pandora's box with questions that uh, we will hope to have answered. But, Joe, it's been a pretty surreal week at the College of Staten Island certainly has. And at this time last week, we expected to be up in the press box at the baseball field calling a doubleheader between the College of Staten Island and Manhattanville. Of course, that is not happening. The season is over. You and I were just outside with baseball at their practice earlier this week. They were proceeding as if the season would continue. But as the week progressed, it became more and more apparent that simply would not be the case. And the announcement was officially made yesterday as not only the College of Staten Island suspending the rest of their spring sports, but many institutions locally and throughout the country doing the same. And I'm sure there'll be more announcements very similar to ours in the coming days as well. Yeah. And uh, in case those of you at home who are listening uh, hear a little bit of a change in inflection of Joe's voice, that's because Joe is joining us uh, via phone. Joe, where we ourselves, you and I, are practicing some social distancing. That's uh, That's been the key term uh, around every uh, place lately. So there's plenty of feet between us uh, today as we're, uh, you know, I don't know, 25, 30 miles apart. If I'm not mistaken, there's a state line between us. I think you're broadcasting (laughs) from New Jersey. If you return home, I'm still right down the block from CSI on Staten Island. And in case you missed it yesterday, I do have part of the statement here in front of me. So I will read it before our conversation with Charles Gomes gets underway. And I'll read only part of the statement, the very important part in the beginning, in cooperation with the East Coast Conference and the City University of New York, in light of the latest news from the NCAA regarding COVID-19, the College of Staten Island is suspending all athletic competition and practices for its 16 intercollegiate sports for the remainder of the 2019-20 academic year 
effective immediately with more information to come throughout the week regarding what that means for our student athletes and for our programs, for our transition into Division Two. All of those topics, things we'll discuss with Charles. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a good segue into uh, getting started with Charles. Uh, he's going to join us uh, right after this break that that we take, and you know we'll be sure to try and an- uh, ask him whatever questions that we've been kind of um, you know been given by student athletes, by coaches, by parents, by outside people. I know Joe when when I shared this news um, on my personal social media feed, and when. CSI Dolphins uh, social media released this information, which you're charged with doing. Uh, I got a couple of um, texts uh, from friends, from family saying, you know, what does this mean? Uh, Does this mean you're not going to work? Does this mean the College of Staten Island is completely shut down? Does this mean that, you know, you you lost your job? What do you do now with yourself? Um, And, you know, our coaches have had other other questions like how does this affect recruiting? How does this affect eligibility of players? So, you know, we all know what what the facts are. We all know that the College of Staten Island has suspended its spring program, as have all the CUNYAC schools, as have all the ECC schools, which Joe just mentioned. But there's plenty of, um, you know, uh, derivative questions that come along with that, that we're hoping uh, to kind of pick Charles's brain out. We know for a fact going in that he doesn't have all the answers. In fact, Nobody really does. Uh, even the NCAA is kind of figuring out some things, but it's going to be a, a good conversation with Charles to get a little bit of an impression on what he knows and where we kind of go from here. And the situation developed so quickly throughout the week. We were all speculating early on in the week that that's information we kept in-house and to ourselves. But as we reached about Wednesday or Thursday, it became more and more apparent that the suspension of spring sports was seemingly inevitable. And that, of course, came to fruition yesterday officially. But plenty of questions that I know you and I both have and that many of our listeners have, as you just mentioned. Some of those have been answered to us in an email from Charles yesterday and the NCAA answering questions about eligibility. But we'll touch on all of that when we speak to Charles. Our athletes, I'm sure, have a lot of questions, as do fans of the College of Staten Island Athletics. We also will have, hopefully, an update on the status of Building 1R, the Sports and Recreation Center, The latest yesterday is that the building was closed effective immediately, but the offices would remain open upstairs, meaning that you and I are expected to report to work on Monday. Yep. And here we are on Saturday reporting for work as well. Uh, Obviously looking to get some some notices out and to keep our people uh, abreast on what's happening. So, Joe, I'm getting the high sign that Charles is just about ready to join us. So let's take a break. Let's get him on the horn and get him uh, patched into our conversation. And when we come back, we will have CSI Director of Athletics and Recreation, Mr. Charles Gomes, will join us to give us the breakdown on what this closure means and what the spring season has in store for the College of Staten Island. Stay with us. This is episode 19 of the Dolphin Pod. You're listening to the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com. Champions know how to seize opportunities. When they see moments of greatness unfold right before their eyes, they push as hard as they possibly can. And then they push harder. Because the heart of a champion never settles, never quits, and never stops giving its all. We are champions. We are Division II. We go big, we give it everything we've got, and we win. On the field, on our campuses, in our communities, for our causes, in our careers. We rise to become champions in everything we do. 
We are Division II, and there are no limits here. We make our time count. We set our own path. We become champions on our terms. It's time to up your game, because we're here to play and learn. But most importantly, we're here to discover ourselves, our vision, our heart, our drive, to achieve every goal we aim for, because we want to be champions at the highest level, life. At Division II, the opportunities are here. Are you ready? Welcome back to the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com. And welcome back to the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com, episode 19 of our show here. We are broadcasting live on March 14th. No matter what time of day you are with us, no matter what day of the week, we're glad you're here. This is David Pizzuto alongside Joe Foreman. And our guest, as we mentioned earlier, is CSI Director of Athletics, Charles Gomes, um, to discuss, obviously, everything that has transpired here at the College of Staten Island over the last few days. Charles, thanks for taking the time to join us here. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate the opportunity to come in and, and check in with you both. So, Charles, um, I know that year one of D- Division Two was going to pose its set of challenges. Never in a million years uh, do I assume that you'd have national pandemic to that list of challenges for year one. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that none of us saw this one coming. Um, even during the course of this week, um, if you started earlier in this past week to you know, from Monday to Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through, it just continued to escalate. And I don't think any of us predicted where we'd eventually end up. Yeah. And I guess that's where we'll start. Um, just talking about, you know, where the origins of this kind of kind of came from. I mean, I, I think we all kind of saw it in the background of our news feeds uh, online and, of course, checking it out, you know, the problems it has caused overseas in China and in, in Europe, principally in Italy. Um, at what point, you know, in this scenario, did it kind of, you know, hit um, hit your office where the the talk started to swell, I guess, with your superiors about, hey, if and when this thing hits, what might happen here? You know, and I, it, it's interesting. We were really lucky. We had um, a week prior, we were able to get a visit to our campus from um, the NCA doctor, Dr. Hayline, who's the chief medical officer for the NCA. And even just in passing, as we visited toward our campus, you know, we, we had early discussions with him. And at that point, it was the overreaction that, oh, hey, the, the community's overreacting to this. It's, you know, it's more of a minor issue. And I'm obviously no medical expert, but I'm being there with one. I'm saying, okay, this is, makes you feel pretty good. You, he knows what he's talking about. He's world renowned and he's done all this research. And I, so I, I feel a little better, I guess, that if somebody like Dr. Hayline could be taken off guard by this, that the rest of us could be as well. Um, but for us, we had that visit with him and we had talked about it with the president and members of the cabinet and just continue to monitor the situation over days. And it, it's very difficult to kind of establish a timeline because I feel like the past week or so has been almost a nonstop blur with escalating information as, as each minute and hour passed. But uh, once we got into this past week, it, it went pretty rapidly. Um, 
constant phone calls with either members of our administration, meetings with the administration, or conference calls with conference members uh, in the ECC and, and also in the CUNYAC. And it just continued to escalate day by day. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't think any of us had any inkling that we were going to end up in this, in this situation where we are now. And Charles, at what point did you think in your mind that the season was in jeopardy? I know this is something that was on my radar a while ago because I'm very tapped into the news cycle. And that's something I'm very interested in. But I didn't see this coming either. And I knew how serious the situation was overseas and moving forward to Europe and ultimately the virus reaching the United States. But when did you think the season might be in jeopardy and that became a big concern for you? Um, So, like I said, it's difficult to, to pinpoint the day. Uh, but in the middle of the week, I know talking to Dave just in the office saying that, you know, something's going to happen here. You started seeing conferences. Once the conference tournament games, uh, you had the announcement that there'd be no fans. You start to think that this is only the tip of the iceberg. Um, and I, you're staying up watching the news. You're watching ESPN and trying to pull from the sports world, but also just pull from the rest of the world and to hear what's going on listening to medical experts and once they started doing the going from banning fans to then canceling tournaments, you kind of figured that that was the end of it. Um, you know, it's one thing for the, the pro leagues, the NBA, the NHL to pause, but it's very difficult to do that in college because you're dealing with a limited amount of time. So you start looking at your calendar saying, well, you know, our spring sports season ends very early May and we're already almost at the midway point of March. So a pause for us would be, you know, you can't have much of a pause and then you're already going to be in May and doesn't leave you with a whole lot of time to get games in. And really at the forefront for CSI Athletics this year was our move to Division Two, And the abrupt end of the season puts us in a very unique position. And I know there are so many questions to be answered that you may not necessarily have the answers to yet. But what, if anything, do you know about how this affects our transition to NCAA Division Two and provisional year one? Well, that was one of our first questions, right, is well, how is this going to impact us? Uh, and when I say us, I don't just mean our department. I mean, all of our student athletes, our coaches and all of our athletic staff. And although it's still very early in this process, the NCA has already sent out some some good indications for us that the um, one of the markers that the NCA tracks us on is our sports sponsorship. The number there's a minimum number of games you have to have played throughout the year in order to meet those requirements. Uh, And obviously we wouldn't have done that with the spring with not playing our men's tennis, our baseball, our softball, our outdoor track on both the men's and the women's side. So we were concerned that, well, we're not, we didn't have the opportunity to get those contests in, but the uh, the NCAA has already sent out information that those requirements will be waived for all schools that have been impacted by this situation. So, Charles, you know, obviously this this decision was made and I, I know like in the days and the hours leading up to the decision, what the college tries to do as well is tries to, you know, receive guidance from uh, different areas. Obviously, the, the the president's office, which was tapped in uh, from this from the very beginning, just from an academic forefront, let alone athletics. But then, of course, folks at the at the CUNY Athletic Conference, the CUNY, uh, you know, CUNY Central specifically, and then the East Coast Conference. And, you know, I know the phone was attached to your ear pretty much 24 seven, even when you went home for the day, talking to different entities, talking to different people in charge of different areas. How important was it to really get all of those entities on the same page and make 
a unified decision with a lot of our sister schools? Yeah, that's critical. You know, I think partly because we're in that unique situation that you mentioned, transitioning from Division Three to Division Two, and with that, out of the CUNY Athletic Conference and into the East Coast Conference. And then when you add the additional element for us, it's being a part of the City University of New York. So there's just a lot of people that we need to keep in the loop on things. And you, there's some areas where you get direction and <laughs> and then it's other other folks in your conference that you're just consulting with and finding out what's happening on their campus. What are they hearing? What's going on in their neck of the woods? And how are they responding? What are they planning to do? So you try to consult a lot of different people. And then ultimately, it's really interesting because you get, um, I literally, I spoke to our president's office. I'm hanging up the phone thinking I'm in one situation. And two minutes later, after hanging up that call, I'm watching the governor go on a press conference saying that we all CUNY and SUNY campuses are going to engage in remote learning uh, for the remainder of the semester. So things change in the blink of an eye. But I believe all of us as a staff kind of, once you get a day or two into the situation, you lead off every meeting by saying that this is a fluid situation and things can change at the drop of a hat. And they literally did at all different periods of this past week. Um, We would get one bit of information and then that would be contradicted by something else five minutes later. And the important thing is just to keep everybody in the communication loop. And as you mentioned, even when you're home uh, in the evening, whether it's coaches calling and asking questions or a fellow AD at a, at a conference member school, it's pretty much constant communication, especially in this day and age with text messaging and uh, all the, the advances in technology that we have. It makes it easy but to stay in communication, but it's, it's also completely exhausting. Yeah, so so the decision ultimately gets made to suspend the programs. And I think, as Joe mentioned, it, it looked like it was going to be inevitable with all the professional leagues, you know, closing its shop, at least for a little while, the NCAA uh, canceling all of its spring championships. I think a lot of people saw the writing on the wall, but there's still a lot of kind of question marks regarding what exactly is CSI doing uh, in this time. Um, so what directive have you given to your staff and to your coaches regarding Here's what we're allowed to do. Here's what we're not allowed to do. Here's where our kids, you know, can access the facility. Here's what they can't do. Here's what we're going to revisit. Can you kind of put into perspective for people who don't know the the insides of what's going on? What exactly teams are able to do right now? Right now, there's um, again, I had mentioned that directive that we just received from the NCA. Uh, that pertain to uh, our campus in regard to our transition to Division Two, but in addition to that, they also provided some um, some extra information <clears throat> regarding what coaches are permitted and not permitted to do. And the first thing that has come up is they've put a complete freeze on recruiting by coaches, both on campus and off campus. Now, coaches can still make phone contact, text, and email, but they cannot go out off of our campus and evaluate a prospect. They can't have host on-campus visits, unofficial or official. So there's pretty much just been a freeze as of right now. And I believe the end date is April 13th, and then things can be reevaluated from there. Um, so our coaches, especially our coaches who are in se- are supposed to be in season right now, at least they know they can recruit, but it's just going to be limited to recruiting from their phones. Um, what we've asked our coaches to do on our campus is, you know, and this is a very difficult time because 
as you mentioned, with the D2 move, even our coaches who aren't or weren't in season were still permitted to work with their teams, whether it's in the weight room or on skill development, uh, following NSA limits on hours. But now all that has been shut down. Our coaches are not practicing with their with their teams. And we're trying to ask our coaches and our student athletes to really utilize this time to prepare themselves for a, a unique learning experience. They're now going from being in class face-to-face with professors to having everything happen online. And that's probably the, the biggest area of concern for me. And I think a lot of our coaches and staff is we want to make sure that our athletes handle this situation successfully, that they're prepared for it, that our professors are prepared for it, and we can help support that in any way that we can. So we've, even though our facility might not be in use like it typically is for to host practices and weight training and all those things, we want to try to maintain it as a as a really good home for our athletes to come in, focus on their academics, get through this last half of the semester, and be as successful as they can academically. And for anyone coming in to utilize the facilities, specifically the student athletes at this time at the Sports and Rec Center being closed outside of the offices, what precautions are being taken as we've seen facilities undergoing deep cleaning and stuff like that? What are we doing at the College of Staten Island to make sure that we limit the spread of the virus, hoping, of course, that it hasn't reached our facility at all? Yeah, that's exactly what we are doing, Joe, is the, the deep cleaning. Uh, it, it started last night, I believe, today. Yeah, it started last night. It'll continue again tonight. They bring in a, a cleaning crew, whether it's our pool area, locker rooms, weight rooms, offices. Um, the cleaning staff is coming in to do the deep cleaning that's required. And it's it's a unique challenge on our campus because we do have a huge campus. It's over 200 acres in size, multiple buildings. So there's a lot of areas to to deep clean on our campus. But I believe the priority areas are the areas that students will be using most. So things like the library, the campus center, the sports and rec center. administrative offices where folks will be on a very regular basis and those are the high priority areas and then really hitting the other academic areas that won't be in use at least for the next couple of weeks um, where typically they would be in use in the past but now with the distance learning and online initiative those areas will be a little less uh, populated going forward so lots of cleaning happening on campus and uh, trying to make the area as safe as possible for all of our students, staff, and faculty. And you mentioned that you want the coaches to help foster an academic environment with this new, unique distance learning experience for the students. But now that we know the outcome of this situation, what's on your agenda come Monday? What questions do you have that remain to be answered? And what are you looking to accomplish in the coming weeks now that we know the season is over? There's there's really a lot to do. I mean, I'm assuming, uh, I haven't seen exactly what the detail will be, but I want to make sure that our first priority is our student athletes, again, academically, but then also taking advantage of these opportunities that the NCAA has presented to ensure that students get their additional year of eligibility. Uh, for those who would like to have that other year back, whether you're a senior or a freshman and you played a spring sport, they will have that opportunity to, to appeal and get the year back. So I want to make sure we educate ourselves as a staff as much as possible. Uh, but then there's also a lot of financial things that we're going to need to focus on. Uh, budgets and making checking where our expenses are and um <laughs> a lot of cancellations are being done i'm getting constant emails saying you know this umpiring assignment has been canceled i think if you, if you look in my email inbox you probably have about a hundred of those but um you know it's it's really all of the logistics that need to be done 
and make adjustments as we head forward. Uh, the spring is typically a time when we prepare our budgets for the following year. So now it's our finance uh, assistant AD for finance, Alberto Sanchez. He's been meeting with coaches in advance of this, and now it's almost like back to the drawing board because we have to reassess everything given the new financial climate and where we project to be. One of our one of Alberto's and uh, Nicole Sarcone's biggest responsibility is any of our outside revenue generating opportunities that we have. We have groups that come in and utilize the facility, and those opportunities are going to be canceled for in a lot of instances. So there's financial ramifications with that. Um, and really taking a look at the full picture and seeing how all of these things will impact our overall athletic operation. Yeah, Charles, it's so important that you say that because, you know, we're not going to overwhelm our audience by talking about the revenue that our building takes on. But a lot of that revenue obviously fosters our athletics program. It keeps our athletics program moving uh, and alive. And any kind of closure to our building means the forfeiture of some rentals and some folks who are put out and it, it forfeits a lot of our revenue. So that's certainly something that's on your mind for the, for the community at large on, at, on Staten Island that uses our facility. Obviously we're online for now. Uh, we'll knock on wood and, and hope that that continues. But is there a message to the outside community regarding how open our doors are at this point? I know we got a, a call, uh, I think it was just yesterday, for another university that was looking to kind of use our facilities because their institution has said, no way, no how can you use our own facility, so go elsewhere. Um, how receptive and how open are we to something like that? Yeah, for me at this stage, just because it has been such a, a moving target, things continue to change daily, hourly. Um, I'm really hesitant to bring in any new groups to utilize our facilities and committing that we will be available to do that. Uh, our biggest priority is for all of our existing partnerships that we have in, in our Staten Island community, uh, the youth teams that, or youth teams or competitions that come in, whether it's cheerleading, baseball, or basketball, and trying to get them back as quickly as we can to life as we know it, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, but it's going to be, it's going to take some time. Everyone's going to need to be a little bit patient. And I think we're going to get there quicker than, than most people want to, want to imagine. But, um, right now it's just going to have to be patient and try to stay committed to those existing opportunities we have with our community partners. Great. And one of the things that you touched on too, that was going to lead to my next question was, you know, what happens to the athletes who have lost their season? Now you mentioned the blanket waivers of kids getting that that year back, but the NCAA does have limitations on how many full-time semesters a student can pursue athletics. Uh, do those waivers cover a, a, a possibility of an 11th semester kid or a 12th semester kid for getting that year back? And for the baseball players, especially who've started their season and men's tennis as well, they've started a couple of matches. Is this season absolved for them? Can they get that year back? Yeah, at, at this point, from what I've read, and it's literally just came out last night, the NCAA sent us an email with this information. Um, but it seems that those students who've been impacted by this situation, there will be a lot of leniency from the NCAA. So let's just look at the case of our baseball team. They've played, what were they, five and eight. three, I believe. They've yeah, played eight, eight games. games. So as long as they, they stopped after the cancellation of the season, only for the the coronavirus. That's the only uh, the only way that this rule will be applied. They had to have had their season canceled due to that coronavirus. Uh, 
Also, student athletes had to be eligible academically during that stage. You couldn't have been ineligible and then try to get the season back. The, the NCAA won't allow that. <laughs> but it does seem as though the other things you're talking about, that the NCAA will be very lenient in waiving those due to the, you know, the unbelievable circumstances that, that we're all in right now. And Dave mentioned the impact of the situation on our student athletes. And what is your message to the student athletes right now? What services are open to them at this time? And do you have any words of reassurance for them as some seniors are graduating and won't be back as students next year? So they may not be able to take advantage of that extra year of eligibility. What words do you have for those students? Well, uh, you're covering two different groups of students. So if it's the, for the students that are continuing and will decide to stay on for that additional year and i know it's challenging so you mentioned you asked what services are open uh the cuny and the, and the governor that everyone's been very clear down to our our president on our campus that the campus is not closed um, just because classes will be uh, handled remotely it doesn't mean that the campus is closed so our staff is there services are available for students whether that's counseling services the library uh, student accessibility dining services Sports and Rec, things will, will go on as previously, uh, as previous situations. So it'll be the, those services will still be available for students. And again, my message to those students is really use this time to focus on your academics, make that a priority because I, I foresee there'll be some challenges with the online learning experience. It's, it's brand new for our campus. So like anything that's new, it's going to come with some challenges for our student athletes who are seniors. And um, just earlier today, I was talking with one of our coaches and he said, hey, listen, there's there's some kids who just they're slated to graduate. They've already got careers, <laughs> their first job opportunities lined up. So I totally understand that um, for them. You know, it, I know they have just probably a sense that they missed out on their senior year. And, and I totally understand that it's a very difficult situation for them. But one of the things that, that we talk about is. Um, taking pride in being a member of the CSI athletic community, being a dolphin, you know, once a dolphin, always a dolphin. And we, those, those student athletes that are going to be graduating, just like any of our alums, they're part of our family and they always will be. And, you know, we invite them to come back, participate with us in any way that they can, whether that's alumni games, just coming by, stopping by the gym to say hello, coming to the offices, you know, those are just because they didn't get to finish their senior year doesn't make their experience any less uh, less important or less memorable for them. No doubt about that. And one last question for me, Charles. Of course, we can't know the timeline. We don't know how long the situation will play out over a given period of time. But ideally, what does a return to normalcy look like for you? Of course, there won't be any more athletics until the fall. But what does a return to normalcy look like in the Sports and Recreation Center, in the offices, and for all of our student-athletes on campus? Well, I don't think we get back to quote unquote normalcy until uh, we are playing some, <laughs> some games again. Uh, and because for me, and I, I don't know about for you guys, but that's honestly the best part of my day. Um, it would be great to get to get us back practicing even and seeing our kids out on the field, on the courts, and in the weight room. So I, I do look forward to that. But there's nothing that really replaces that experience of getting to go out and, and watch our kids compete every day. You see them work hard in their off seasons and in preparation. Um, for competition. So that's really what we want to see is I, I want to go out there and see the kids compete. I want to see them win, you know, be there when there's a tough loss and, 
you know, that's what it's all about. You know, that's what makes it meaningful for me as an AD. And I think for a lot of members of our staff, uh, we live for that stuff. And, you know, that to me will be what, when I know we're kind of back to the quote unquote normal. So Charles, uh, Joe asked his last question, I guess I'll, I'll tidy up with mine. And that is, you know, kind of coming off of Joe's question in, in terms of what's next. Um, I, you know, I know you spoke about what you plan to do next week and sitting down with some of, uh, some of your superiors figuring out, you know, our building and things like that. Um, as far as the next steps with our, with our athletes, you know, returning to practice, is that a directive that has to come down from the school, from, from, from the, from the city of New York, from the state, like where, where is kind of like that next move located as far as our, our teams trying to get back on the field and just being alongside one another on a, on a practice field? Yeah, that, that'll come from more of our campus than anything else. Uh, with our call, which was essentially a, a full conference call with our ECC members, presidents, ADs, uh, it was really decided that that should be a campus decision on when to return to practice um, because every campus has a unique set of experiences that they're going through. So um, it's, we agreed as a, as a group, it was unanimous to, to suspend play for the spring, but then also along the same lines to allow individual campuses to make the decision as to when they can get back to practice. So as things get back to being a little more routine for us, um, I think we'll, I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks that we do get back to practicing. I know our coaches will be, will be itching to practice at that point as well as our student athletes. So if we can get back in any type of routine, I think that just helps our entire department, whether it's staff, uh, student athletes, or, or our coaches. Great. So, uh, so Charles, you know, we've been going on almost a half hour now, and I, I want to just thank you for taking the time out of your busy Saturday, I know, to kind of talk with us a little bit. I know that, you know, we can issue these statements, but I know a lot of people just like to hear the uh, like to hear the voice and like to know some of what's happened on the on the background. It's pretty clear that there's been so much going on behind the scenes to get to this point that it was not a, a sweeping decision. It was not an easy decision. It came with a lot of pause and a lot of reflection. And uh, obviously that's clear. And it seems like there's still plenty of more plenty of plenty more of that to come, uh, you know, in the interest of getting our, our spring season you know, um, you know, of continuing our spring season behind the scenes with our teams and also ushering in what we hope will be a very successful fall. Yeah, I think we, unfortunately, there's probably a lot of uh, future meetings we have scheduled this week that I, I, I totally expect by Monday there'll be new information right. we have to, to talk about and how we're going to handle things. Just following the news, like there's going to be an increase in the number of, of tests that are done for this virus starting this week, so I'm, I'm anticipating there'll be more positive results of tests, and then what does that mean? How many cases happen in Flat Island? How many happen on the campus or just in our, in our local community? And how do we prepare to, to handle that, and, and how do we move forward? So hopefully we can get ourselves back to that routine and get our kids practicing, get our coaches working with our student-athletes, and just get into a, a, a nice you know a nice groove with our staff and kind of go into the summer, prepare for the fall. And I look forward to the, the completion of our, you know, ECC membership, getting in there and actually having a full ECC schedule, being able to compete against those squads. Uh, we, I'm happy to say we had a little bit of success in a limited run this year. We mm -hmm. got to beat a couple of ECC opponents, one in men's basketball, another one in baseball. 
And um, I'm hoping we can make that more of a regular occurrence going forward into the fall. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, Charles, I know Joe and I agree with that sentiment. And I know that we really uh, we really thank you again for coming on, uh, for talking to us a little bit. Obviously, as things materialize, we'd love to you know hear from you again down the road uh, in the weeks to come, kind of letting people know where we're at. Uh, with what we're dealing with regionally and, of course, nationally. And, uh, you know, again, always a pleasure to talk. And uh, and hopefully we can do this again soon and update people on what's to come. Well, I appreciate it, guys. The way, the way things are going, we, we might have to do this one today <laughs> just to get right. the most up-to-date information. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, well, we would welcome it if we if we needed to. But hopefully we'll be quiet for at least a little while, ride this out. I noticed that you coughed a couple of times. You, I'm, I just want to tell you, you cannot do that on these broadcasts. You'll have you'll have people panicking, Charles. <laughs> Let's try to edit that out as quickly as we can. Okay? I apologize. Uh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right. Thank you, Charles. Uh, we'll let you go. And uh, Joe and I will wrap this one up. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. All right. You too. Uh, you too. All right. So uh, that was the director of athletics, Charles Gomes. I might have lost uh, Joe Foreman as well, but we'll get him back on here uh, at the end of this break. We want to thank Charles uh, once again for joining us. And um, there's my phone. Hey, Joe. Yep. All right. You are back on. I'm sorry. I thought I uh, just disconnected his call. In fact, when you press the red button, it eliminates both phone calls. So I apologize for that. It sure does. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So anyway, um, I was right in the middle of ending this segment, Joe, but um, we may as well just end the show here instead of taking a break. And, you know, I think Charles uh, did a really great job of telling us a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes, the very many entities that are affiliated with this closure. I mean, I think a lot of people will make the assumption that, oh, the athletic director just makes makes the decision and everybody kind of follows from there. But in reality, there's so many moving parts, so many gears shifting behind the scenes. And Charles gave us a little inkling of what that's all about. Well, you made a great point. People can go online and read the statements, but it's always good to hear a voice that is in charge, a voice of reason, something to calm nerves a bit and really get a sense of what's going on. And Charles gave us that sense of exactly what's going on behind the scenes, though we should say there are many questions that still remain unanswered, questions that we'll be searching for answers for in the coming weeks. So we'll see how much more we learn, whether it be in the next 24 hours or the next seven days by the time we hope to be back on the air for another Dolphin Pod next week. We'll see if that comes to fruition. But I think we got a lot more clarity today, and I hope that our listeners have a, a bit of a greater sense of clarity than they had before they listened to the podcast today. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. And, um, you know, I think that it's, you know, it's it. there's definitely more to this story coming down because, you know, I think like most people, myself, Charles, I know you, We've all taken kind of work home with us because we anticipate, hey, it might, you know, the, the next shoe that drops might be the fact that we can't go into our offices or we, we might not be able to travel across bridges in, in my case. So, you know, sometimes you just don't know where things are going. And that's that kind of that's a some a summation of the, you know, uh, uncertainty that's going on right now uh, all over the world, really. So. Um, so I know that there's still a lot more that that's that's coming about. There's a lot more uncertainty coming down the pike. But I think as as we heard, the best interest of our student athletes are is at play here. Many of them will get their season back. Unfortunately, the ones that are that are slated for graduation uh, have lost the season, but can still be slated for graduation because 
the campus has gone to distance learning and hasn't just abandoned the semester. So that's a very positive thing for kids who are planning to get that degree in May. So, you know, there's there's a lot of interest from the student athletes and the students in general that are being met. And I think that's why folks like Charles and the president and our vice presidents, Rob Wallace, who we report to, I think that's why they've been so instrumental during this time and and why this can this condition continues to remain fluid. And while we'll probably be talking about this on next week's podcast as well. Well, most certainly will. And that group you just mentioned will certainly remain important figures in moving us forward and navigating us through the developing circumstances in the coming weeks. And we've stayed away from speculation. We'll continue to do that. But of course, we'll leave with this, that you can get the latest updates on the situation at CSIDolphins.com and through our social media pages as well. And those messages from yesterday, how quickly that situation developed. We released a statement in the morning. Sports and Recreation Center closed a bit later in the day, and then news came down probably less than an hour later that our seasons were suspended, maybe two or three hours later. So that situation developed quickly, but we can promise you that we will share all the latest relevant information on our social media pages and on our website throughout the week. So be sure to stay tuned to CSIDolphins.com and to at CSIDolphins on Twitter and Instagram, CSIDolphins Athletics on Facebook for all the latest information. Absolutely. Very well said, Joe. And with that, we will leave our audience. I'll have a final question for you, Joe. There's no NBA. There's no NHL. There's no MLS. There's no XFL. What are you doing with your Saturday? Well, I actually considered subscribing to Netflix at one point, <laughs> and I wanted to watch the Breaking Bad movie. I'm not a fan of really binging shows in mass quantities. It's just not something that I really have time for. But if we're told not to come into work, I think that's something that is going to happen. So there's the Netflix option. But right now, I am playing MLB 20, the show, the newest release on PlayStation. So that's been taking up my weekend as of right now. How are you spending your Saturday? I'm spending it right here uh, <laughs> at my desk, uh, getting a little bit of work done that I was that I wanted to finish up for Friday that I never got a chance to because we were clouded with other things. But I'll be in front of the TV soon enough, uh, making some food and binging and and uh, trying to enjoy a little bit of sanity over the weekend because I know the insanity waits for us uh, when we go back at work and trying to figure all of this out, answering a lot of questions. You know, we mentioned, we didn't mention with Charles a lot about our re- our kids that are in the dorms, but certainly they're looking for things to do and people to hang out with and we'll be around uh, for that as well. So uh, until we hear otherwise, it's all systems go for us. But I do plan on doing a little R&R this weekend in anticipation of that right after we get this podcast online. That sounds like a plan. And I will leave with this, too, before we sign off. I do hope, and I know you do as well, to add video to our podcast at some point. Maybe that process gets expedited a little bit with a lot less on our plates after a couple of weeks of this situation developing and things settling down. Maybe we'll add video to the Dolphin Pod in the coming months. But until next week's episode, this has been episode number 19 of the Dolphin Pod. Joe Foreman, alongside David Pizzuto, signing off. Be sure to tune into next week's episode and stay tuned in to CSIDolphins.com for all of the latest information surrounding the progression of COVID-19 and how it has impacted our campus. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week. You've been listening to The Dolphin Pod. Remember to check us out next week when we bring you a brand new show and check out our archive broadcast throughout the year. If you have questions, comments, would like to be booked on the show, or have an idea for a show guest, be sure to leave us feedback as well as catch all of our shows right here at csidolphins.com backslash podcasts. 
from all of us here at the College of Staten Island. Thank you for listening to The Dolphin Pod.